what was once a theory could now become a credible accusation. And last year, the mere suggestion that COVID-19 came from a virology lab in Wuhan would get you labeled a racist. You know, it was blown off as a complete conspiracy theory. Well, the virus has now killed three million around the world, and its origin is now raising new questions by people in the mainstream, like Dr. Fauci, who not too long ago downplayed the suggestion, but now says that it has to be investigated. So that becomes a question of how. I mean, China has been anything but honest. And uh, when they let WHO members into the country recently to investigate the origin, it was already a year after the fact. And they weren't allowed near the Wuhan lab or allowed to ask a lot of questions. And Donald Trump was one of the first to suggest that China created this virus, which, you know, virus, which gave skeptics an excuse to blow it off. But there are now numerous scientists that say a new investigation must be launched because there are just too many unanswered questions about where this virus came from and whether China lied. Charles Burton, you know him as a senior fellow at the McDonald Laurier Institute, but also a professor at Brock University, specializing in Canada-China relations, as well as a former counselor at the Canadian Embassy in Beijing. Good to have you. Nice to speak with you, Alex. So we're now a year and a half into this thing, and, and you know, this was one of those theories um, mentioned a long, long time ago. It got blown off very quickly, and now it's come back. How do you then look into something that China has had more than enough time to make go away? Well, I mean, that is the thing. One would have expected that by now we would be making some progress to trying to figure out how the COVID-19 originated, what was the original source, how has it been transmitted. And, you know, we still don't know. We do know that it, it burst out in Wuhan, and we also know the Chinese government has been very, very defensive about it, making up all kinds of, you know, extremely unlikely theories, such as that it came into a wet market in Wuhan on the packaging of imported seafood, or that American soldiers brought it when they attended the military games in Wuhan in the uh, in the fall before the virus started to uh, to be seen in in enormous amounts in in Wuhan, or it came in Italy, or, you know, and so on and so on and so on. So so it's your classic disinformation strategy by trying to get in people's minds the idea that there may be alternative explanations. Well, now we have credible information that three of the scientists at the Wuhan Institute for Virology were so sick um, in the fall before that they had to be admitted to hospital. So this then returns the the, the focus towards the Wuhan Institute for Virology and the possibility that it was scientists from that institute that were shopping in that wet market who, who caused the spread throughout Wuhan. The problem is, as you say, is that the Chinese government have clearly cleansed that facility just like, you know, like the mafia try and hide the scene of a murder. And it seems unlikely, you know, without the use of, say, conventional espionage techniques, that we're going to be able to get the proof that it originated in a, in a laboratory accident. You know, you wonder why yeah. the government just doesn't come clean. And if such a tragedy happened and someone did something wrong, why don't they just admit it and then we can put this <laughs> matter to rest? Right. But, but, but they lied from the get-go on the virus itself and then the PPE and all those things. And it's not exactly, I was having this conversation over the weekend about, you know, bioweapons and and, um, you know, how you could use a, a virus as a bioweapon and it was kind of laughed off. But it would not be beneath China to create a bioweapon out of a virus um, because we've seen the effects around the world of what uh, a virus can do. And it's really brought the West to its knees, so to speak. 
Yeah, I think so. You know, the possibility that they were doing that kind of research cannot be ruled out. The idea that the Chinese, um, you know, system, the Leninist system, does not allow for them to to engage in the kind of, of rigorous protections necessary for this sort of very dangerous research into viruses is also there. You know, they've had problems in the past with melamine and milk powder and, you know, other outrages where where the state has just not been able to exercise the kind of controls that we're able to achieve in the West where these kinds of, of, um, of um, malign um, mismanagement uh, it isn't happening. So, you know, I guess it does reflect negatively on the whole Chinese system. But, you know, really, if this is what happened and one assumes that the central leadership in Beijing is aware of the real sources of the of the virus, then why didn't they man up early on and tell the truth? And that way, it could have assisted us to to do the kind of research to try and prevent the spread of this thing um, before it got to the you know horrendous situation that we're facing today throughout the world. And then I think that you know there's been this this story out of Winnipeg of this National Microbiology Lab. This is one of four virology facilities, so it's a very um, you know one in four. So it's it's there's not many of them, and we know that the RCMP is looking into a number of scientists there, in particular two. One who is accused of sending the Ebola virus to a particular Wuhan lab. Um, maybe it's nothing. But certainly, uh, in the absence of any information coming out of the Trudeau government, which was apparently warned for a number of uh, months by CSIS about, you know, some questionable activity, you get people saying, well, you know, were people working here against us and sending viruses back there? But again, is there a, could there be a Canadian connection? Yeah, I mean, Canadian scientists of Chinese origin are suddenly ex- escorted off their the premise of their lab uh, and we hear that they violated security along with their entire team. Um, it seems that, you know, we have a right to know exactly what, what the connection was. And it seems that maybe some of the cover-up, which is claimed to be on the basis that, oh, you know, we can't reveal um, confidential personnel matters, is really about the fact that there were people working in that lab who had this very high-level security clearance, who, in fact, were officers of the People's Liberation mm-hmm. Army. So how could you possibly decide that you would agree to give a security clearance to someone who is a member of a foreign army of a state that with which we are not allied? So I think that, you know, if you talk about cover-up, there's possibly some cover-up going on on, on our side. You know, CSIS makes recommendations to government agencies about security clearances. They don't have to follow them. And I wonder if in this case that's what happened. Well, it certainly seems like public health was either blindly naive, you know, or just uh, complicit. But I guess the time will tell on that. Just before I let you go, Charles, do you think we'll ever know um, what happened here or, or if China will ever be held to account? Well, yeah, I mean, that is the question of being held to account. Um, you know, certainly if it turns out that the Chinese government willfully deceived the WHO and the global community about this virus, thereby um, facilitating its spread, then they should be accountable. But um, right now we're clearly not getting any cooperation from them, and the WHO mission to China um, appears to have more or less been a sham because they haven't come any closer to getting to the bottom of this. Yes, no kidding. All righty, we'll keep an eye on it. Many, many thanks for your time. Always appreciate the conversation.
Good to speak with you. That is Charles Burton, who uh, joins us and gives us a wealth of information every time he does.